All right, welcome everybody to episode number 18 of the Ears of the Canvas podcast. This is your host, Ryan Truland. Uh, again, I am a writer for batsportspage.com. You can find my articles there. I post a couple a week, uh, as well as great other content with all the other sports. A uh, ton of great writers on the site. Uh, I really recommend checking this out. And I got big news as far as Ears of the Canvas goes. I will be having UFC fighter Wyman Good on the podcast in either next week or the week after. Just working on scheduling a date there. But he is kind enough to have accepted an interview with me. So I really, really can't wait for that. Um, yeah, we are less than 24 hours uh, away from or out from whatever. Uh, Figueredo and Joe Benavidez, UFC Fight Island 2, was less than 24 hours ago. And it was a fun night of fights. It really was. Uh, I wrote an article last week after the UFC Fight Island 1 card with Cater and EJ about how impressed I was with the debuts of some of the young fighters. Um, you had uh, Modestus Bukaukis with a win. Cat... Tanzat uh, Chimeev with a win. Um, you had Munir Wazez with a re- really impressive win against Abdul Razak Alhassan. And it continued in the UFC Fight Island too. You had Roman Dolidze struggle with the names a little, but he looked really good. I think he's 32. He's an undefeated mixed martial artist. He started the sport very late. But sometimes that's not a bad, bad thing at all because he does not have any miles on him, really. I mean, just the seven fights now. And he looked really good in that fight. Finished his opponent in the opening round uh, with a crazy, vicious knee that was very tough to watch and replay in slow motion. Uh, It looked like he was throwing a head kick, but he caught him with the knee. And from there, it was just a couple strikes later before Herb Dean stepped in to pull uh, Roman off of him. And he looked good. He looked vicious. He looked hungry, motivated. And uh, he looked like he was very excited to show his skills on the big stage. And he really did. So look out for Roman Dolidze as he heads into his second fight. I'm sure he'll be looking to make a quick turnaround. As a lot of these young fighters are trying to do, you see uh, Kamzat Chimeev it just fought Wednesday and he's fighting next Saturday again in his second UFC fight on the Darren Till Robert Whitaker card. So these guys are moving fast. And UFC right now, of course, with everything that's going on, could use the new fighters, new hungry fighters that are willing to step up on short notice and against tough guys and go out there and compete. And they've been doing very, very well. Speaking of a very, uh, very impressive performance in his young career, Rafael Fiziev against Marty Akesi. What I mean, Rafael, the body kicks are whips. He trains. He's a very good Muay Thai fighter training in Thailand, and he has serious, serious confidence in his striking. And against a guy like Marty Akesi. And you got to be careful. And the way he was avoiding those head kicks, the way he does, he fuck, he bends his back like 
freaking Neo in the Matrix. It's crazy. And the shots that he throws, he's so confident in his body kicks, his leg kicks, and with his hands as well. As a Muay Thai fighter, that's very impressive. Uh, he is very good with his hands and with his head movement against a seasoned, powerful striker in Diakese. And Fiziev really impressed me last night. Uh, I expect him to make another quick turnaround. Um, he is a scary, scary fighter for anybody in that 155 division as he is going to make his way up into the top 15, I think, sooner rather than later. <clears throat> uh, so let's move on. Those were the two fighters that really impressed me before the co-main event and then, of course, the main event. Uh, I want to start with the main event because I like to go top-down on this podcast, go from most uh, talked-about fights down. So I wanted to start off with Figueiredo versus Joe Benavidez, fight number two between these two guys. Uh, I went back and watched the first fight a couple of times heading into this one, just as a refresher, because coming in, everybody says that the headbutt was the game changer in that fight. And I disagree with that. I mean, Joseph Benavides had some success early on in that first fight. Apparently the judges gave him the first round. Um, but Figueredo in the first fight and in the second fight, I am sure of this. He just looked like he was not threatened by anything that Benavides had to offer. Uh, his strikes, he wasn't even doing everything to get out of the way of Joe's strikes. He was just eating some of them on the chin and moving forward. Didn't even seem phased by him. Uh, as the bigger, more powerful, and even faster man in there, Figueredo was just not threatened by Joe Benavidez in either fight. He really wasn't. You saw that last night. He walked in there with busting out the seams of confidence, and he fought like that. Every, connect, every uh, strike, every punch that landed pretty much put Joe on his ass. Uh, Davison Figueredo is the most powerful flyweight of all time. And he is a scary, scary flyweight for any of these guys that are going to try and get that bell from him. He has the flyweight division in a very, very good spot right now, in my opinion. Uh, the flyweight division is very stable in the hands of Davison Figueredo at the helm. Um... It's going to be interesting to see who he fights next, but before we get into hypothesizing that, uh, the fight itself, there really wasn't much to say besides it was just a flawless performance from Figueredo. Every strike, like I said, that he landed flush put Benavidez down. It's crazy. And then the submission attempts with the body triangle stretching Joe out like that and working to lock in that rear naked choke was just so... So impressive and seamless. Figueredo is tough no matter where the fight goes. And like I said, he's the most powerful 125-er ever. So he is a tough night out for any of these guys who are going to try and take that belt from him. Uh, so who is he going to defend the belt against first? You got three options in my opinion. Uh, and they're all they, you can make a case for all, all three of these guys, honestly. Brandon Moreno is number one on my list right now. He's ranked third right now at flyweight. He has a nice winning streak right now, coming off a win over UCR Formiga. 
Uh, I think he could be next. Then you got Alex Perez, who also makes a very strong case. Um, yeah, Moreno's coming off that a win over Formiga. He also beat Ty Terra France. Uh, and he had a draw with Astar Ostarov, who we're going to talk about in a second as a possible uh, contender for the 125 belt. Uh, yeah, second, Alex Perez, I think, could be another possibility. Another guy with a nice win streak right now. You could have him fight Moreno as a title contender eliminator. I could see that happening. Uh, and then you got the third option, Astar Ostarov. You saw him fight last night. He beat uh, Pantoja who was the fill-in in case uh, one of the two fighters in the main event fell through. Pantoja was going to be that fill-in, and Ostrov beat him. So somebody asked Dana White at the post-fight press conference if that means that he's the number one contender. He said he he doesn't know yet. They'll have to talk about it, which made sense because I don't think it's qu- that clear-cut. You'd have three viable options with Moreno, Perez, and Ostrov there. Uh, flyweight is fun again. It really is. Honestly, I was excited for this fight between Joe and Figueredo, and now I'm going to be excited to watch Figueredo grow, defend this belt, and I think he definitely wants to move up to 135. He's a big flyweight, and I think he wants to test those waters and try and be double champ, which would be uh, he can turn himself into a star. Uh, I think he'll need to work on his English. That always helps in this sport. To grow your brand. Huge American fan base. Um, The style in which he fights is insanely entertaining. I would watch Figueredo fight every single time out against whoever it is. uh, Just for him. He is a draw, in my opinion. Davison Figueredo is a good, good champion for 125 right now. And I expect him to hold that belt for quite some time. He looks dominant in that division, and he has for a while. Only one person has beaten him. It was Formiga, and it was a decision. This guy is tough and not talked about enough. Even coming into this fight, he was not talked about enough. I had strong confidence that he was going to beat Benavides. Strong confidence in that. I didn't think he would beat him that badly. I didn't think it would be a near-flawless performance, but I was very sure that he would come out on top in this one based on what I saw in the first fight, and that was him not being threatened by what Benavides had to offer. Um, no matter where the fight went, you saw him be uber-aggressive on the ground in the first one, and then again finishing the fight here in the second one. So that was a very fun main event, I thought, last night. Even though it was short, it was fun. And I can't wait to see what the 125 division offers us next as as uh, in terms of a title shot. Who's going to fight Figueroa? So let's move on to the co-main event. This was probably the most, it might have been the most hyped fight coming into this one. Because, uh, again, people just... For whatever reason, sometimes just don't get excited with the flyweight division. I hope they do now. But this one, Jack Hermanson, Kelvin Gastelum, jumped off the page as soon as this fight was announced. As just a style of cl- a uh, clash of different styles. Jack Hermanson has that sick ground, ground and pound game. And he can handle himself on the feet as well. And Kelvin has that. Uh, explosive left hand, that low center of gravity with insane power, and he never goes away. But 
I mean, who saw it ending this quick? Nobody. Uh, they had a little back and forth on the feet until Hermanson, good timing on the level change. Got to give him credit on that for sure. The level change was perfect. Kelvin, give him credit, reversed it, ended up on top. And it looked like, I mean, Kelvin obviously didn't want this fight on the ground, but when you end up on top, what do you, I mean, Kelvin's no slouch on the ground. He's going to try and work on the top. And he didn't even really want to. He was trying to escape. And Hermanson got a hold of that leg. And Kelvin, he could have defended it. Bispain was saying he could have pushed off uh, or turned. But if you miss that small, small window of opportunity, it's going to be too late. And that's what it was. It was too late. Hermanson had a hold of that uh, heel hook. And that was a wrap. That was a wrap. That was the second submission on the main card um, that had to do with a leg lock. And those are, you don't see those too often. You saw them twice on the main card. And Jack Hermanson really stamped himself as a possible contender and not an easy night out for Izzy or whoever is going to step in front of him. Right now, he's ranked sixth. We'll see where that goes after... Uh, the rankings are updated this week. My my take on the middleweight division is that it is a log jam. You got some news coming out yesterday about Adesanya and Costa fighting in September. It's not, according to Dana, it's not set in stone yet. One side has agreed to terms. The other side is not signed yet. He would not say which. But you expect that fight to happen September or October. Somewhere in that range. Uh, then you got Whitaker number one. Fighting number five, Darren Till. And that's Saturday. I mean, the winner of that fight could very well earn himself the winner of Costa and Izzy. And then you got that wild card, that dark horse, Jared Cannonier, Sitting there at number three. He had pectoral uh, surgery. He's healing from that. He, I think he's almost 100% healed. And just about ready to go. Um, if Costa is the one that isn't signing and Izzy is ready to fight and wants to fight and the UFC doesn't want to wait for Costa, I could see them throwing Cannonier in there. Uh, Cannonier could earn himself a title shot without fighting again, I think. I really do. Then you got Yoel at four. He's going to need at least two more wins, I would say, to earn another title shot. He's fighting, uh, Uriah Hall next month. And then you got Hermanson there at six. So there are the winner of Whitaker and Till and then Cannoneer still are probably ahead of Hermanson in terms of title shots. Uh, Cannoneer beat Hermanson already. So you're not going to see that. I don't think the winner of Whitaker Till will fight Hermanson. I don't see that. I really think the winner of that fight could get a title shot. Especially if it's an impressive fight and a good performance. Um... Both big names. Whitaker wants that rematch with Izzy, I'm sure. Uh, one of the... He's a great middle former middleweight champ, and uh, he deserves another shot if he gets his win over Till. Maybe he'll maybe the UFC will make him win one more. We'll see. But it is a log jam at 185. That's the bottom line. And Hermanson, uh, even with that dominant quick work of a tough guy like Kelvin Gastelum is still going to need at least another win over a tough, tough dude.
somebody who's probably in front of him. And for Kelvin Gastelum, that's three L's in a row, albeit against tough, tough competition, but that's three losses in a row. Uh, He lost to Izzy, then he lost to Till, and now to Hermanson, the Joker. So it's going to be interesting what they do next with Kelvin. I like, I really like Kelvin Gastelum as a guy, as a fighter. Um, and I wish for, I root for his success. So I really hope they give him a good matchup next. And uh, I think it was just a shitty, shitty situation that he caught himself in. Uh, they were bone dry. The fight just started and he couldn't get out of that heel hook. So sucks. I'm sure he put a ton of work leading up to that fight and the way it ended, I'm sure it eats at him. So I could really see him fighting again before the end of 2020, maybe even in the fall. So we'll see. Uh, Two more things I wanted to get into before we wrap up here today on this beautiful Sunday afternoon in Jersey. I really am growing this opinion. I'm starting to believe this, that Dana White doesn't like Aljamain Sterling for whatever reason. I'm not even going to speculate the reason, because who knows. But I do think he has some sort of problem with Aljamain. He was asked at the post-fight press conference last night, uh, is Aljamain next? And he would not give a clear answer. And if I was in his shoes, it would have been the fight would have been made already of both sides. Uh, if Jan is ready to uh, commit to a date, I would make that fight as soon as I could because Aljamain deserves the net shot. He deserves it over Marlon Marais. I don't want to hear it. Um, Aljamain deserved the shot before he beat Sanhagen, and now that's just the cherry on top. It's got to be Aljo versus Jan next, and the fact that Dana isn't agreeing to that, uh, I just don't get it. He's got to have some sort of problem with Aljamain Sterling. I do not think he likes him. Um... Aljamain clearly, I mean, he's all over social media every day, just campaigning for that shot against Jan. And so it's not that he doesn't want it. It's not that Jan doesn't want it. It's that Dana White and the matchmakers are hesitant on it. Um, he's got to be next. Got to be. Uh, I'd be. I'd have an issue if he wasn't next, honestly, if they put Marais in there to fight. Yeah, that's it's got to be Sterling. It's got to be. Now, last thing, I want to give updates on Israel Adesanya and Khabib, two of the biggest names in the sport. couple big updates over the last 24 hours. So, I kind of gave the Israel Adesanya one away earlier. Uh, one out of the two sides has agreed to fight at UFC 253 September 19th, which will likely be on Fight Island, according to Dana White. Uh, so one side out of Adesanya and Costa has agreed, the other side has to, and then we'll have ourselves a middleweight title fight in September. And that'll be very intense. Two guys that hate each other, um, that really just have no love for each other at all. Israel Adesanya is becoming the biggest name in the sport. Um, a true star, a true superstar. And Costa is a scary fella. He is a scary, scary boy. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you watch his fight with Yoel, and 
I mean, Yoel has so much power, and he hit him with everything, and Costa didn't did not stop for 15 minutes. So, and you saw Izzy have a little bit of a tough time. No matter how you look at it, with Yoel, his last time out, he got caught early with a pretty big shot from Romero, and didn't really want to get caught again. So he kind of turned it into keeping it on the edge. Romero was a terrible dance partner that night. Don't get me wrong. But Adesanya was a little wary of that power for sure. And Costa has that power. So Israel has himself a tough fight. I think he knows that. I don't think he's taking Costa lightly. Uh, but that you could be seeing that in September. Now, Khabib. Dana White in the post-fight press conference last night said, got asked about Khabib possibly fighting in the fall. And he said he's just waiting on Khabib's call. Whenever he's ready, they'll get the fight with Gaethje done. Uh, Khabib lost his dad. I guess that was now a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And uh, Dana White's being very respectful of that. Not threatening to strip his title or anything like that. He's giving him time, all the time he needs. I do commend Dana for that. I think that's the right thing to do as an undefeated undisputed champ in Khabib, you gotta um, give him time with this shitty situation with his dad. Uh, they were obviously very, very close, so it's gonna hurt. Uh, he's one of his main coaches, and it's just gonna be a different feeling next time he steps into the octagon. So if he doesn't want to do it in September, it won't happen. Now, Dana also got asked if he would do the Izzy Costa fight and the Khabib-Justin fight on the same card. Uh, he did not give a contrary answer to that, just because he doesn't know what Khabib's doing. And he's not really certain on what Israel and Costa are doing just yet, so no contrary answer there. All I'm saying, though, is if we get that in September, UFC 253, Jesus. Izzy and Costa and Khabib Justin on the same card, that's just madness. I mean, I wouldn't be more excited for any other card this year. Even the one we saw the first, UFC 251, with the three title fights. I'll take those two title fights over those three. Um, so yeah, a ton of great things coming up. I mean, we got next Saturday, we're going to talk about it uh, later this week on the podcast. I mean, Whitaker Till as a fight night main event is just as good as it gets. That's right up there with Poirier and Hooker in terms of uh, bang for your buck as a free uh, fight night main event. I mean, those are two of the top guys. It, not only in 185, just in the sport. And sick matchup. I mean, cannot wait for that fight. It's a good card in general. Um, and then they'll be, we'll see where they go from there. UFC, a lot of good stuff on the horizon. We got a 125 flyweight champ in Figueiredo. I'm very happy with that. Excited to see where he goes from here. And we got Hermanson making a name for himself again at 185. Uh, nobody's going to want to fight that guy. Nobody. Because he's not the huge name. I mean, I'm sure betting favorites. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people bet on Gaston just because they know they knew who he was over Hermanson. Not that many people know who Jack Hermanson are. The average fan. So as a contender at 185, you're not going to want to fight a guy like that who could beat you for sure. He can beat anybody at 185. He's shown that. 
Um, and he, you're not going to get that huge uh, media media flooding after beating a guy like Hermanson because it's not going to have the same... It's not going to have that big name. Like, if you beat a guy like Till or Romero or Whitaker or something like that. So, that's all I got for y'all on this beautiful Sunday. Stay inside. It's hot out. Uh, check me out on batsportspage.com. Uh, also, all social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can just search Ryan Truland. And like I said, Lyman Good will be on the podcast next week or the week after, so check out for that. I'll be having updates on my social media sites. I hope you all have a good rest of the day. Peace.